Hey guys, I'm Brittany Cox, the voice of Nancy Drew, and you're listening to the River Heights Buzz. Welcome back to the River Heights Buzz podcast, everyone. We're on episode 37 today. We're your hosts. I'm Alexa. And I'm Candace. Welcome back. Yes, I feel like it's actually like a special welcome back for me because, you know, we've been, for our viewers that aren't aware, we've been kind of recording in advance um, because we have both have some travel stuff that's going to be coming up, um, relatively soon. And the last time that we recorded was a few days ago and I had COVID, but as of yesterday, the 15th of June, I now am negative. Yay. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel much better. Um, really excited to join the land of the living again, um, and go back to work. <laughs> in person tomorrow. I'm super excited about that. Um, so that's really the only new thing going on for me. I, I don't know if you have anything else to add. Not really. <laughs> I think we went over several things last episode as far as like new developments with the TV show and her interactive and stuff. So I think we're in good shape as far as that goes. Yeah, I don't really have much to say about news or anything of that kind. But, you know, as we've said before, if there's anything that comes up that we see, we'll always be sure to let you guys know. Yeah. And if it occurs between like us recording, we'll typically make like social media posts if it's something super important, like with, you know, season four of the TV show. If you're ready, then I'm ready to jump into this episode. Yeah, I'm ready to go. Why don't you go ahead and give us the rundown? Alrighty. Today we'll be talking about Season 1, Episode 11, The Phantom of the Bonnie Scott. When Nancy's quest to clear Carson's name clashes with Owen's pursuit of justice for the victims of the Bonnie Scott, she'll have to decide just how far she's willing to go to get her dad out of jail. The original air date was January 22nd of 2020. Okay, so like we were discussing before we hit record, this episode was like bananas. Okay? <laughs> like it was crazy as soon as the episode started. Yeah. And totally like the first, I don't know, three minutes, I jumped like four times. Really? Yeah, because I just totally forgot, had no idea what was happening. So episode <laughs> opens, Nancy is there. Owen is there, Dreamboat, awesome, love it already, and they start, like, kissing and being intimate, and I'm like, oh, okay, all right, so that's how we're getting started today, okay, and then I'm sitting there, and I got to thinking, I'm looking at him, and I'm like, he looks awful old, like, not, not like, let me rephrase, not, like, old in, like, a creepy way, but it's hard for me to keep in mind that Nancy is a recent high school graduate. Yeah. Okay. So oldest that she could be is 19. Yeah. Okay. So do we know how old Owen is? I don't think so, but I'm assuming he's at least in his mid twenties. I want to say. Has to be at least like, and I'm not saying that that's old because I mean, that's younger than I am and I don't want to talk about it, but he, to me, <laughs> I think he looks a little older than mid twenties. And yeah. so in my head, I'm like, why have I never thought about this before? Like there's a, there, there's an age gap there. 
for sure. But either way, he's still dreamy. And so, like I said, they're like kissing and being intimate. And then all of a sudden, like the camera kind of shifts and Nancy's not making out with Owen. It's Nick. And I'm like, wait, what? Like, I thought that they had broken things off. Yeah. And so I'm really confused. And like, you could see that Nancy was like, oh. It's you. Okay. (laughs) If she was fantasizing about someone else, always, you know, a terrible sign. (laughs) And then we hear like this loud, like thumping noise. And so Nancy turns around and there's like the staircase in her house. And there's like this cupboard under the stairway, like very Harry Potter style. I was just about to say that's almost like the Harry Potter stairs. Yeah, like that's that's exactly what I was thinking was very Harry Potter-like. And there's like um, these pounding noises that are coming out of it. And then Lucy shows up and literally scared the bejesus out of me. Like I was not sitting on the couch. I was sitting at my kitchen table and I had my laptop up taking notes, which was much more effective, I might add instead of typing notes on my phone. I didn't have to stop nearly as much to catch up, which anyway, probably going to do that from now on. So I was sitting much farther away from the TV. Thank God. (laughs) Because if I had been sitting on the couch and that jump scare had happened, I would have fallen off the couch. A (laughs) hundred percent. And it was made worse by the fact that I had the volume up on the TV, so it was louder than it usually is. And besides my dogs being with me, I was home alone. (laughs) My my husband went into the office and I was working from home. So thank God. Take a deep breath, Candace. (laughs) I know. Thank God I was watching it in the middle of the day. It was sunny. It wasn't dark outside. (laughs) The doors were all locked. So I was safe. Like I said, I had the dogs with me to protect me, but yeah. That jump scare, that was probably one of the worst ones we've had so far. Yeah. So not expecting that at all. So I jump, might have screamed a little bit, whatever. I'm owning up to it. It is what it is. Yeah. (laughs) So um, Nancy, as soon as she gets, because she gets scared as well by Lucy, she wakes up. So that whole sequence was a dream. And I was like, oh man, that's really effective the way that they did that just really draw you right in right from the get-go so nancy wakes up and she goes to look under the stairs i don't think i had realized at that point that there was a cupboard underneath the stairs i didn't realize it either because it's like all kind of blends in together yeah it does and i wonder if they did that it that way on purpose like when the house is built you know um kind of like out of the way storage so she goes underneath there she starts pulling out boxes i mean that seems like a great place you know, for storage. So it turns out the things that are in there are boxes of her mother's things from when she was a guidance counselor, like her personal, like handwritten working files. And there just so happens to be a folder labeled Sable, Lucy Sable. Okay. Mm. And then I forgot that the high school was Keene High School, which obviously is a, you know, homage to Carolyn Keene pen name of you know the people that wrote the nancy drew books so got really excited when i saw that like always next thing we know we're at the prison to see carson because he's still in jail at this point um 
because of, you know, the things that Nancy had written in her diary of why she thought that Carson was involved in the death of Lucy Sable. So we're still trying to deal with that. So Nancy apologizes for her diary and says that she's going to work to fix everything. At this point, she's really not sure how, um, but she's going to fix it. And, you know, Nancy, she's a fixer. You know, she gets there eventually. Carson, being the amazing father he is, is more concerned about Nancy than anything. God love him. Like, he doesn't even care that he's in jail. He's like, it's okay. Like, I'm more worried about you. You look really tired. You know, concerned father, father of the year. So we find out when Nancy found Lucy's folder, it was actually empty. Like, the pages were ripped out. Yeah. So, you know, that's not sus at all. So keep that in your back pocket for later. Um, Nancy thinks that the Hudsons could have gotten into her mother's files and could have destroyed whatever was in that folder. Um, how would the Hudsons have gotten those papers to begin with? Um, you know, that's a great question. Um, I don't know, but you know how this world is. It's like anything is possible. Anything can happen. Um, so I, I don't really know. But that's a good question. That was one thing that I had thought of, too. And another thing, and this is actually the next section of my notes, when Nancy is in, I guess for lack of a better word, that interrogation room where she's talking to Carson, police officer standing in the background, that's not normal. Like, when, okay, so my old job, I did the same thing that I do now, just at a different firm, and I was doing criminal defense. And so some of our clients were actually in jail. So we would go for jail visits. They would get the person out of their cell and bring them to a room just like that. But then the police officer would leave. Like they'd stand outside the door. So they couldn't hear what was going on. Because they're not entitled to that information of what's being said. Yeah. So I thought that that was kind of interesting that they left the police officer in the background. I will say... Now that we've seen this episode and we'll get more into it later, what if this police officer is working with the Hudsons? I mean, like I said, in this world, nothing would surprise me. Like the Hudsons are obviously a very big name in Horseshoe Bay. So it's like, who knows who all they have in their back pockets? Who knows all they have on the payroll? Especially after that ending. (laughs) Exactly. Which we'll get to later. (laughs) Yes, we'll get there because it's a doozy. (laughs) So, anyways, moving on from that. Nancy wants to help Carson prove that he had nothing to do with Lucy's death. As we're aware from the last episode, he's not talking. Like, he's keeping quiet, which is the lawyerly thing to do. Like, you get in trouble, your lawyer is going to tell you, don't say anything because whatever they use or whatever you say, they will use against you. Bottom line. So he's keeping quiet. Um, Nancy leaves there and she calls Owen and leaves a message for him. And she's outside of the claw and Nick is there and Bess is there. Find out that Ace is off fishing with his dad. So he's not even in this episode at all. And George is actually in a meeting um, with the woman who actually owns the restaurant. Um we find out that Bess is going to be having lunch with her aunt Diana, because if you all will remember, we did find out, I guess, I think it was last episode that she is in fact a Marvin by blood. 
So she's going to kind of have, I guess, lack of a better word, an initiation kind of meal with Aunt Diana. Um, And she's freaking out. Understandably so. I mean, the whole reason that she came here was to find out if she is, in fact, part of this family. They are another big family in Horseshoe Bay. And so it's it's a big deal. This almost reminds me of Romeo and Juliet, where there's like the Montagues and the Capulets, and they're like butting heads. And then in Horseshoe Bay, it's the Hudsons and the Marvins. Yeah, no, it really is kind of like that. And, you know, I kind of wonder if maybe they kind of took that storyline. Because, I mean, that's a pretty common storyline kind of thing, you know, kind of goes back again, the good versus evil, kind of the theme of pretty much every story in existence. You know what would be interesting? What? If if we could get someone from the show on the podcast, like the writer, a writer, or like a producer, somebody, you know, of that sense, you know, just so we could ask them those kinds of questions. I would love it. I would love it. And I don't know how much they would be able to tell, but I feel like so much goes into the writing of this show. Like I have so many questions of how they come up with things and like their process for keeping it all straight. Because I feel like, I feel like some shows have more plot holes than others. And I feel like this one really doesn't have that many. Yeah. So I'm kind of curious of like how they keep it all together. Mm -hmm. And so that it all makes sense and it's all cohesive. Yeah. You know, for people like us that talk about it and like break it down scene by scene. (laughs) (laughs) like even if they can't talk about like season four i would want to ask questions about like the seasons one to three that way they like they can talk about like what's already happened Mm -hmm. without giving too many spoilers right because i mean all those events have already happened yeah it's all already part of the story so listeners i'm giving you a challenge to help us out and get someone on the pod from the show Yeah, that would be amazing. I mean, we've had more people on the podcast so far than I ever could have dreamed of. And that's something that, you know, you and I have talked about while not recording, you know, how many people we've had the chance to spend time with and talk to. And it's just been incredible. And honestly, like, it's it's possible. Yeah, it's something's always possible. Even though when you first start out, it's like, you may not think it is. Yeah. And look at us now. We've already talked to like three people, part of like the Nancy Drew game world. And that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's insane. Or and even if it was. What is it? What'd you say? How, how easy it was. Yeah. Get in touch with them and, to, you know, have a conversation and make it happen. Yeah. Very even easy. If, even if it's like, we did end up like talking to people from the show what if we ended up talking to some of the actors of the show too? Like, I would be cool with that. I would be fangirling all over the place. Like, I would have to take a chill pill. But <laughs> I wasn't like over the top. Like, I'd have to avoid coffee that day. And like, I'd have to meditate or something. Okay, just think about it. Just think about the one line from High School Musical. We're all in this together. That's true. That's true. That's a very good point. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, if you all could manifest us being able to talk to anybody that's involved with the TV show, we would love to make that happen. Yes. So, 
we would and if that were to happen we will thank you so so much yes absolutely <laughs> um so let's see i'm looking at my notes oh so like i said george is inside the claw and she's having a meeting inside the restaurant um with the owner who says you know things are bad financially and that she's considering putting the restaurant on the market for sale so got that drama going on meanwhile nick is outside talking to his court-ordered counselor and we find out that he's actually finished all of his court-ordered sessions and you know all that is done like that's all in the past now of where he got in trouble and we find out that he is still feeling I guess for lack of a better word insecure about what happened and like he's been a disappointment to his family and he's not ready to go back to florida where his family is to face them he wants to stay in horseshoe bay um you know try to make a better life for himself and try to move on from the past so nancy takes off and meets with ryan's dad everett hudson and she's essentially demanding that he helps Carson get out of jail because, you know, Carson over the years has worked for the, the Hudson family in various capacities as a lawyer. Um, and apparently rumors are currently being spread around town. Imagine that. Rumors are always in Horseshoe Bay. But rumors are being spread around that relics from that shipwreck, the Bonnie Scott, are going around. And it's essentially slandering the Hudson family name for good reason uh people died in the shipwreck now so is the reason why that's happening is because was it last episode or a couple episodes ago with ryan having those old relics in the car that he was looking at i think it was around that time um i don't know if it's really ever discussed how big of a town horseshoe bay is but just the way that um you know i mean we're only getting like a small view of it because it's a TV show, but I feel like it's not a very big town. So I feel like, you know, and one of the main themes of this is these big name families. So I feel like the population of Horseshoe Bay is probably small, which in my head would mean everybody knows everybody's business. Yeah. And people talk and yeah. aren't quiet about it. Yeah. So I feel like <laughs> someone sees something shady or out of the norm and it's someone from a big name family the rumor mill is going to start and who better to be in the public eye than the hudsons exactly so uh -huh. they're kind of like to me the way that i see them it's kind of like the family that everyone loves to hate but still everyone wants to know everything they're doing to me <laughs> if i'm going to kind of align them with like a real life family. To me, the Hudsons are kind of like the Kardashians. Yeah, I can like, see that. They're out and about, big name, always into something, maybe not everything completely legal. And it's annoying, but you can't stop watching. Yeah. Same kind of scenario. Thank the Lord they're gone after season two. Yeah. Except for Ryan. Yeah, which, you know, he makes his whole growth arc, character arc, and so we end up loving him. Yeah. You know, thank God. He, he did a full 180. 
he really did because at first I was just like this guy is super shady I don't trust him like you know but I mean at this point you know he's already starting to set the stage of trying to distance himself from being a Hudson he's always going to be a Hudson like there's nothing you can do to change that but he's wanting to not associate with them and I mean with them cutting him off financially, it's kind of like the feeling is mutual. Like they don't want to be associated with him either. Yeah. So it's very dramatic. So it's almost like he was rich and then his parents cut him off. So now Mm -hmm. he's having to start from the ground up again. Pretty much. Yeah. Essentially, which is hard, you know? Um, so yeah, Nancy is like, demanding that Everett assists with getting Carson out of jail, essentially kind of like Carson's done all this work for you throughout the years. You owe him. You should help him get out of this trouble because it's essentially because of you really and things that you've had him done or supposedly do in the past. Um, Everett's playing the whole thing off um, saying that, you know, the shipwreck was a tragic accident, likely story. And, you know, he will help with Carson as long as Nancy does something for him in return, which we'll get to that. Okay. Can I just say that that house is like very empty? It is. And you know what it reminds me of? What? The stairway, at least. I don't know if you've seen it or not, because I don't know how big it is in Canada, but Twilight. Uh, Oh, I know I was a Twilight fan. But I think that there is quite a few Twihards. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of the Cullen house, like real open, um, like big space. Now uh, that you like, mentioned you know, that. Yeah. No, it kind I of can see that. that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's uh, very, uh, like I said, big windows, um, not very like, not like a homey, like lived in kind of feel, almost kind of like, it's all for show. It's almost you know, like a stage. It's like when the house is up for sale and it's staged, that's almost exactly. what it's like. Exactly. Like real fake, real fabricated, not like like, like, like a lived in house, you know? It's you can tell the total opposite from like the Hudson house and Nancy's house. Exactly. I, I mean, I feel like Nancy's house has a lot more um character, uh, a lot more of the lived-in feel there's stuff everywhere decorations family pictures that kind of thing like and i mean there's a big family picture in the top of the stairs in the hudson house but it's also a very very weird picture because it's like everett and celia are on one side ryan is on the other side there's a big gap in the middle it's very awkward i will say this is my kind of way that i think about nancy's house versus the hudson house Nancy's house is warm and lots of memories and good times. And, you know, the Hudson house, it's open. It's cold, just like they are. Yeah. No, it's, uh, yeah. Yeah. And maybe they did it that way on purpose. Yeah. You know what I mean? Their house almost reminds me of, like, when you go on vacation and you get, like, a rental house, like an Airbnb, and it's furnished, but it's not, like, anything super elaborate like there's stuff on the wall and there might be like some stuff on like dressers and tables but that's about it 
Like, I could see why, like, an Airbnb would be like that, because you wouldn't want to have lots of expensive pieces in the house, because, you know, you don't want anything to get damaged. True. Or stolen. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, if it came down to it, Battle of the Houses, I absolutely would want to stay in Nancy's house, despite all the weird ghostly things that happened there. I feel like if she's there with me, I'd be okay. Yeah. For (laughs) sure. Yeah. So. I would want to stay there. And even as Nancy was leaving, she was going to leave Everett, but she could sense that Lucy was there. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's almost like Nancy has like a sixth sense. Yeah. And so she's like going up the stairs and Lucy's like so far ahead of her. And then as soon as Nancy kind of like turns a corner of the stairs and she sees like the family picture with the Hudson's, she has, what is that? Like something dripping. In the one corner. I thought it was blood. You can't really see her hand like she touches it. And so I was looking, but I was also at that point terrified that there was going to be another jump scare. So when I say I'm looking, I'm like looking <laughs> through my fingers like a 30-year-old, keep in mind. So I'm looking and I'm like squinting. I'm like, that's not water. Is that blood? I, I don't know. And I will say that little clue there will that leads to something later on in the episode, which we'll get to. Yes. So keep that in mind. Don't forget that. Um, yeah, I thought it was really interesting the way that they filmed that with, like you said, when Nancy was going up the stairs and she sees that photograph or the, you know, I guess more of a painting of the Hudson family and how Lucy was ahead of her. And it was almost like she was just right out of eyesight of Nancy like right uh, just right ahead of her yeah I thought that was interesting the way that they filmed that um and just as before Nancy was gonna like go back down the stairs Lucy appears in the pa- in the painting yes and I jumped again because <laughs> again like that's so scary <laughs> like, the, the way that they make her look is so scary to me so yes I jumped um <laughs> So thankfully we're done with that scene and um, scene changes and we see Bess and Elizabeth walking um, on the street, holding hands and Bess shows her the van that she's living in. And (laughs) Bess admits that essentially she's a kleptomaniac and, you know, likes to steal things occasionally. (laughs) Elizabeth is like, I'm just going to pretend I didn't hear that. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you know, she's, you know, police. So probably would be a good thing not to admit to uh, breaking the law to a police officer that you, you know, are in, I guess, a relationship with. And as they're talking, it's interesting because it's like you can see that Lizbeth seems to genuinely care and genuinely like Bess just by like the way her face looks when Bess talks and like her body language. And you can tell that she wants to know more about Bess because, you know, Bess is emotional and she's dramatic, but in a lot of ways, she's still like Nancy in that she's closed off and she doesn't share a whole, whole lot. Um, And so you can tell that Elizabeth is wanting to kind of break those walls down and learn more about Bess. And so we end up finding out, you know, that um, Bess grew up outside of London and Elizabeth encourages her to actually use her British accent, you know, which is nice. 
And we find out that Bess originally came to America to work as an au pair or a nanny, essentially, in New Hampshire, but ended up being fired for stealing. Okay. Um, she essentially is hoping that the Marvin family will help her get a green card, you know, so that she can stay uh, in America and won't have to go back home to England. Um, and then the scene changes. We're back at the claw. George is talking to Ryan and she essentially tells him everything that's going on uh, with the claw that it's in financial like dire straits. Um, we learned that apparently the entire town of Horseshoe Bay is not really like a fan of her family. Um, I think a lot of that probably has to do with her mother um, being a drunk you know, <laughs> trying to be sensitive here, but I mean, she very clearly has a drinking problem and, um, you know, I can see how, you know, people wouldn't want to be associated with that. That's understandable. And so this really puts George in a, a tough position because, you know, it's like she almost is the breadwinner of that family and she's the one that's taking care of her sisters. And she essentially says that, they need $40,000 to make bills and payroll and then they'd be good for a few months. And then she has ideas, you know, come summertime of how to drum up the business. And, um, you know, Ryan says that he just can't do that, which I mean, I guess it's true considering he was cut off financially by his family. So I don't think he's lying. Like the few times that I've seen the cloth filled with people that is very few and far between. Sadly, yeah, because it looks like a really cool place to eat. Yeah. And it's like, I find that more so in this season, it seems more like clean, I guess you could say, and yeah. like more organized than it is later on. Right. Yeah. So, um, so, um, Scene kind of changes. Nancy and Bess are talking in the back room and uh, Nancy mentions that Owen won't return her phone calls. And Everett wants to find out if Owen has anything on the Hudson family. And if she can find out, then Everett said that he would help get Carson out of jail. So that's kind of the situation that's going on with Everett. And so Bess, God love her. <laughs> said that she keeps running tabs on the Marvins at all times so that she could avoid them before she presented herself as a Marvin, which, you know, I'm glad she said not in a stalkerish way. Cause it sounds super stalkerish <laughs> keeping yeah. tabs on a family. Um, but I guess I could kind of see where she's coming from, you know, before she knew for sure that she was a Marvin, she didn't want to come off as creepy. Yeah. So, you know, I get that. Um, Imagine if the Hudsons had that kind of thing on them. Yeah. Like how weird that would be. Well, hey, I will say we have tabs on them as the viewers. Well, yeah, that's true. Social media helps you do that. <laughs> yeah. um, so Bess says that Owen is out getting a haircut. And so they go exactly where he's at and they sit in the car like from across the street and Nancy calls him on the phone and watches him like blatantly ignore her phone call. Like takes his phone out, looks at it, sees that it's Nancy, puts it back up. Like, oh, okay. So he's 
actively avoiding her phone calls. Something's yeah. going on there. Don't so, be suspicious. Yeah, like <laughs> crazy. So um, it's so funny because Bess can tell that Nancy likes Owen. And I feel like that's kind of a common thing. Like when two girls or more than two girls are friends and one of them likes someone else, even if the person that likes the other person thinks they're being subtle, typically you're not. Like girls can kind of just see that, you know what I mean? Especially, like I said, girls that hang out a lot, spend a lot of time with each other. They can kind of tell. Yeah. Um, so Nancy follows him. And once again, is just Nancy drew to a T and just outright asks him, why are you avoiding my phone calls? Like what's going on? And Owen was like, yeah, I've been avoiding you because essentially it's impossible to keep anything from you, which is valid. I mean, Nancy finds out some way, somehow. Um, so he was actually going to meet someone about the Bonnie Scott, the shipwreck. And turns out that there was actually one survivor of the shipwreck named um, Bashir. Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah. Okay. Um, he apparently stowed away on the ship when it was docked in Turkey. Um, and essentially what he said was a bomb had exploded below deck and he was the only one that actually made it out to a life raft and rescuers found him. He didn't know where to tell them to go, but he had heard other people talking about this horseshoe Bay area. And since he heard about it, he decided that that's where he wanted to go. And he was really scared of, you know, going to any kind of authorities to talk about it because, he was afraid he was going to be blamed for the shipwreck because he's actually Somalian, which I don't know, you know, for our listeners that um, kind of follow, you know, real world current events, there are such thing as pirates still in the sea. Um, not like, you know, Jack Sparrow, Pirates of the Caribbean, Disney, but, you know, in the sense of the word pirate, you know, people that commit crimes in the sea it's still a thing, you know, they're not like stealing gold and stuff like that, but piracy is still a real thing. And so I thought that was kind of interesting that that was another kind of real world kind of issue that they brought into the show. Um, So totally understand where he's coming from, how he thinks he might be blamed for that, even though he didn't have anything to do with it. Um, and so Owen, Bess, and Nancy offered to help him with, like, his immigration status because, like I said, you know, he's afraid that he could get deported because um, I guess he's illegal, doesn't have, you know, like a green card or, you know, immigration papers or anything like that. Um, and he doesn't want to risk the life that he has created in Horseshoe Bay. I think he said he was like a fisherman. Um, and so he has a lot that he could potentially lose. And I mean, that's putting you in between a rock and a hard place, you know, like. He's tried to create this life despite what happened to him on this shipwreck. And, you know, if he goes and does the right thing, if you consider that the right thing, he could lose everything. Yeah. So it's a tough, you know, position to be put in. Um, and so, you know, he basically puts his foot down, says that he does not want to talk to the police. Sorry, I think Mark is here. Um, he doesn't want to talk to the police. Um, he makes that very clear. And so they leave and Bess still thinks that they should help um, 
him despite the fact that he doesn't want to talk to the police and Nancy and Owen are talking about it. And, uh, it's kind of, kind of a fight, kind of flirty, like all they're talking is, um, Bess, you know, kind of scoots away because she has to go and meet with Aunt Diana. So yeah, it's kind of a weird flirty thing that they're in. So scene changes and I will say before we keep going, in Bashir's apartment, Nancy sees like seawater kind of dripping down from the pictures that are yeah. hanging on the wall. Yeah, there's like water damage on the walls, which once again, keep that in your back pocket. It'll be important later. That's one of the things I love about this show. I know I say it all the time, but it's like these small little things that happen in the background that you don't think are going to be a big deal end up in the long run being a big deal. You're welcome, everyone, for me yeah, filling in the yeah. gaps. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Appreciate it. So um, Nick and George are at the claw. Like I said, the scenes changed. Nick and George are at the claw. She tells Nick what's going on, like the, financial issue that the claw is in and um we find out that george's grandparents actually used to supply the fish for the restaurant so george really has a history with this restaurant um she does mention that uh her mother had done something to hurt that relationship not quite sure what she did they don't really go into it i assume it's probably because of her drinking problem but you know it's kind of left up to the audience's interpretation, I guess. Um, so, you know, you can tell that the claw really um, is like near and dear to her heart. Um, and it's really important to her and she wants to uh, protect it and she wants to continue working there. Not only does it mean a lot to her, like from a sentimental like point of view, but it's like her way of earning money to support the family. Like she can't depend on her mother to support the family, her siblings, keep the roof over their head, food on the table, clothes on their backs, that kind of thing. So, you know, for being so young, she has a lot on her plate. And so Georgie is always like stressed and <laughs> on edge. And she, she even said like the claw is more like a home than her actual home is. That's so sad. Yeah. Like that's super sad. So you can tell she's really struggling at this point. Um, so uh, Nick comes up with the idea of, you know, having this like big blowout party for all the locals of Horseshoe Bay. And he says that, you know, he'll help her with it. And she seems to really like that idea. Um, so it looks like that's what they're going to do. Um, so scene changes and Bess goes to meet Aunt Diana and, you know, Diana says that absolutely best can be part of the Marvin family and she can work in the family business of acquisition and purchasing. Um, seems like real highfalutin snooty kind of behavior. But I mean, I feel like with those types of families, you get that same kind of vibe from the Hudson family, too. It's almost it's like it Aunt Diana and Everett are on like the same level. Yeah, essentially. Yeah essentially and, just different families and it's like so there's diana and everett then there's celia and i would probably say owen yeah next. and then there's like 
Bess and Ryan. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> just the different levels of it. And honestly, I don't think it was very smart of Diana to put Bess in the role she was in. No. But obviously Diana doesn't know that yet. No, but she will quickly find out. And that's nothing against Bess at all. Because I really like Bess as a character. She has her issues, but I feel like they all do. But I think overall she means well. It's just she is in over her head in getting in with this family. Because it's like, this is not amateur hour. You know what I mean? So... Yeah, she's going to have a lot to learn when it comes to that. Um, So their conversation kind of continues, and Diana talks about how she knows about Bess, um, I guess, seeing, dating, whatever you want to call it, Lisbeth. And um, Diana really looks down on the fact that Lisbeth is a driver, but tells Bess, you know, Despite all that, I understand what you're doing, but, you know, it's not going to be anything serious because Marvins don't do that. Here we go with the snooty thing again. Oh, my gosh. I hate that. I will yeah. Like, don't knock somebody because of what they do. Like, you don't know the whole story. She's not a driver. Like, she's a police officer. But, you know, got to keep up appearances. So, despite <laughs> that, and, you know, despite that big red flag, at least to me, she tells Beth to clear her schedule for a dinner that next day. So, you know, we're, we're off to a good start as far as Beth is concerned. So the scene changes and we're back at the claw with George and Nick. And she is getting the restaurant ready for this big party that they're going to have. Um, and she, she lets Nick carve his name into one of the tables because that was one of the things that she was talking about before when she was talking about essentially how much the restaurant me- uh, like means to her. She said that she had carved her name on every single table yeah. because she, I guess, spent so much time there throughout her life. And so she lets Nick carve his name under a table, which I thought was kind of a, a sweet moment. And then Nancy walks in and startles them. And it's like. And you could definitely okay. tell that but when they, Nick and George were actually going to you know, carve his name under the table. There is a connection there. Oh, they were having a moment. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. The undertones were definitely there. And then Nancy walks in and he bumps his head and it's awkward and she can sense that it's awkward. And yeah. Yeah. So, um, the name of the party is going to be still summer at the Bayside Claw. Um, and like I said, Nancy walked in and she sits down at a table and Nick goes and talks to her and she asks if he thinks that she's a bad person. And Nick says, no. So she essentially tells him about what Everett Hudson wants from her. And she tells him about how there was a a survivor that was found from the Bonnie Scott. And then she mentions about how his apartment is full of all this like water damage and thinks that maybe he's being haunted. I mean, who at this point, who isn't being haunted in Horseshoe Bay? So um, Nancy is like thinking back to when she was over there in his apartment and this clock on the mantle keeps sticking out in her mind. And so she convinces Nick to go with her right then and there to visit with Bashir again. And <laughs> they rush out of the restaurant and then George comes in from the kitchen eating clams shucked. But everyone's gone. 
Like, and then she's like, I guess I'm shucking myself. Yeah. <laughs> Which I mean, obviously is a play on words. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, bless her heart. So she's getting this party all together by herself, despite the fact that Nick said that he was going to help her. So I think she's a little frustrated about that. But needless to say, she goes on and she continues preparing, you know, the restaurant and the food and all that for the party. So... Nancy and Nick get to Bashir's apartment, but they find out that the door is locked. And then all of a sudden water starts coming and they hear him screaming for help. And essentially what happened is it's like, a, it's almost like they step back in time and they're on the Bonnie Scott ship. And it's kind of like a flashback of what happened. There are other people there that are screaming for help that are like, you know, knocking their hands and knocking on like a window to try to get help, get someone's attention. It's like the events of the wreck itself. And then all of a sudden it stops and then everything goes back to normal, but there's still water that's dripping. Um, and poor Bashir is like beside himself with being upset, says that it's happened every day for the last three weeks, no matter where he goes. Like if he goes like to another place, to like a hotel or wherever, it happens at that time every day. So like I said, he said it's happened for the last three weeks. Nick realizes that it's happened since the seance that they did a couple episodes ago. Um, Nick tries to comfort Bashir and Nancy's like, you know, I know what it's like to be haunted. I'm being haunted currently. Um, she then asks Bashir to help her get justice for the people that were lost on the shipwreck. And she tells him that she thinks that it will make the haunting stop for him. Um, Bashir then shows them bomb fragments that he had used as a shield to protect himself when everything was happening with the wreck. So, you know, looks like we're starting to get him on our side as far as going to the authorities and telling them what happened. Um, so during, during that whole thing, I thought that there was a lot more water that like the first time I watched. Oh, really? I don't know why. I thought it was just like at least up to like knee height, but it wasn't. No, it's was just like at their ankles. Their ankles, yeah, or like mid shin. Yeah, it wasn't a whole whole lot of water, but still, I mean, it was it was a lot. It was dramatic. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so uh scene changes. Nancy and Ryan meet up and she tells him what his father wants her to do. And, you know, she essentially says that she wants his help and he essentially has like washed his hands with it. He doesn't want to get involved. Um, and he kind of just leaves it at that. So scene changes again. We're back at the party at the claw. Nick walks in the restaurant. Everything is already decorated. So I guess George like worked through the night She's angry at him and understandably so because he said he was going to help, but then he left. Um, you know, he tries to explain what's going on, but she's still angry with him and even goes as far as saying, you know, you and Nancy aren't together anymore. But the second that she needs something from you, you're there, you know, whatever, essentially telling him he needs to get his priorities straight, mm -hmm. which I mean, that's a, a tough pill, but she's not wrong. Yeah. So, um, 
Okay, so scene changes again, and we are at this dinner that Diana told Bess to clear her schedule for, and it's actually at the Hudson house. So it's the Hudsons and the Marvins eating a meal together. Super awkward the whole time. Very uncomfy to watch. (laughs) Not enjoy it. Um, Everett essentially is threatening Owen in front of everybody when all of a sudden Nancy busts through the door and tells everyone that Owen found a survivor of the Bonnie Scott, which made the night somehow even more awkward. (laughs) Didn't think that was possible. Yeah. So Nancy out here dropping truth bombs all over the place, like usual. Um, So Owen finally speaks up and he said, yes, there's a survivor. um, And this person could prove that the Hudson murdered uh, you know, all these people. And Nancy tells Everett that Bashir, the survivor, has physical evidence of what happened um, during the shipwreck. And then here we go with entitled rich people stereotype. Everett wants to pay to make everything go away. And he thinks $2 million will do that. Oh, gosh. How entitled do you have to be that you think you can just whip out your checkbook and make all the bad things disappear? Like, what kind of world are you living in? Yeah, and rich people, they're living in rich people land. Yeah, like delusional. Yeah, Normal people can't do that. It's not the right thing to do. That's the easy way out. Yeah. You know, sometimes you have to face the music and deal with what's going to come. And, you know, he doesn't want to do that. So um, Nancy goes right along with it. She says $2 million will work. Here is Bashir's bank account number. You can go ahead and get that wired over. Um, Everett then tells Nancy that she is definitely her father's daughter. And then the next thing we know, Elizabeth walks in and arrests Everett. And the account number that she had given to Everett was actually the police. So it was all set up and it was awesome. I loved it. Um, Everett. And go the ahead. reason why, sorry. Yeah, that's right. Go ahead. Uh, and I think the, like when Nancy was talking to Ryan earlier about trying to get him to flip on Everett, before Nancy and Elizabeth got in their cars, they had a look. Uh huh. And it's almost like that communication between the two of them, you know, like yep. get the ball rolling. Yep. So. Yep. Because, I mean, if you all will remember, they kind of had to keep appearances up before with that whole episode of Elizabeth punching. Nancy in front of Celia so you know these two have definitely worked on signals in the past so yeah I definitely think information was transferred with just that look so and I found it hilarious that when Nancy went to go talk to Everett at the dinner Celia she's like oh the food's getting cold we should start eating like something along the lines I'm like none of you have touched your food like it's (laughs) yeah seriously um so all of that is a setup and Everett was arrested and it's awesome. And as he is being taken out, he tells Celia that he should have left her after he found out about her affair with Sebastian, which was awesome and dramatic. Um, Nancy then goes upstairs and she finds that family picture that's on the wall again. And she ends up finding a secret compartment where that liquid was dripping out of earlier. And it's an envelope like a sealed envelope with Lucy's file that was actually, you know, her mother's working file. It was what had been ripped out of that working folder. So it turns out someone in the Hudson family did take it. Um, so Nancy is 
outside leaving and Owen catches up with her and tells her that, you know, she did a, a good job. Once again, super flirty. Um, we do find out that Owen is going to help Bashir, you know, better his life and get things going with his, like his immigration status and all of that. And Nancy um, ends up kissing Owen. Um, uh, Owen asks her out if he can finally take her out, like for a meal. And she says, no, Oh, and hard to get Nancy. <laughs> Poor guy. I know, like totally rejected. Um, Owen then asks if it's about Nick, and she says it isn't always about a guy. Okay, playing games, but okay, whatever you say, Nancy. Um, so in the background, um, Celia is telling Ryan that Everett will get out of jail. Ryan is of the opinion that his father is guilty for everything he's being accused of. And Celia says that the police don't have any proof. Um, they're having this conversation outside, like out back of the house. But I, I love the imagery in the background of, you know, like I said, it was so like so many windows and super like bright in the house. But during this conversation, you can see the police officers going up and down the stairs, taking boxes, getting evidence. And I love that because it's like, yes the Hudson family is slowly starting to crumble from within. And where are all these, where are all these boxes? I mean, they had to just had a search warrant like ready in order to take all this stuff. So I assume they just, you know, came in with their search warrant and just started looking and finding stuff. Yeah. So, um, Ryan thinks that he is now going to need to take charge of the family. So we'll see where that goes. Um, but meanwhile, back at the claw, the party is going on and there's tons of people there, which is great. And, you know, the owner comes in and George greets her and, you know, she says she thinks that it's a good thing for the restaurant, but um, she ended up getting a bite as far as someone being interested in buying the restaurant. And she said to George that she's going to accept whatever this person offers. So George is clearly upset because she's thinking that all of this was for nothing. Um, which, I mean, that's totally understandable. She put a lot of hard work into getting the party ready for the entire town, essentially. Um, so scene changes again. Lisbeth and Bess are at Bess's van. They're super flirty. Um, Lisbeth admits that she's falling in love with Bess. Bess reciprocates and says that she thinks she's falling too. They get kind of intimate. Um, her phone goes off with a text message, but she ignores it. Um, then the scene changes and back the claw. Nick walks in and George is very clearly upset. And so she tells him that um, Dawn is going to be selling the claw but Nick then speaks up and says that he's the only person that's asked about it. So he was going to tell George, but he just hadn't had the opportunity yet to tell her. Um, so he comes up with the idea that they can split the restaurant and that she can pay him back. Um, this seems to be like a good step in the right direction for Nick as far as furthering his future and, you know, putting him on a good path. Um, he essentially kind of had a good monologue and saying that he had been taking his life day by day, but he thinks that getting involved with the business is a good step in the right direction. And he says that he thinks that he and George make a good team, which, you know, I can see that. So all that's happening. 
then meanwhile, we're at Nancy's house and she's talking on the phone to Carson and, um, she essentially told Carson everything that happened with Everett being arrested and all of that. And Carson is now super worried that Everett is going to come after her. Um, and you know, for not giving up Bashir and for putting him in jail. And Carson said at this point that he's going to go and call his lawyer and he knows some Hudson secrets that he can use as leverage for a potential plea deal. So the gears are turning as far as getting Carson out of jail um, scene changes again back at Bess's van. The text that she got was from Owen and it was about his cousin that she's going to meet, uh, at some point. Um, scene changes again, Bashir and Nick are at Bashir's apartment and the clock goes off, but the haunting of the shipwreck does not happen. So they're super happy about that. So that all seems good. Uh, Nancy then texts Nick about it and Nick tells her everything's good. There was no ghosts. Um, you don't have to worry about it. And so Nancy is uh, looking through Lucy's file and then scene changes and Celia Hudson is like standing um, like at the edge of a cliff and she's on the phone talking to whoever. We don't really know at this point um, want about wanting to make sure that Carson doesn't talk permanently, like sounds very ominous. And then the next thing we know, she throws her phone into the water and walks away. Yeah. And that's where we're left. Cause it, I mean, with the conversation like that, I mean, it sounds almost like a hitman kind of scenario. Yeah. Wanting to silence Carson permanently. I mean, obviously that sounds like death. <laughs> Doesn't that sound good. And that brings me back to the guard that we saw earlier when he was talking with Nancy in that room when I'm like, is that police officer like the hitman that Celia was talking to? Yeah, I mean, who knows? And like I said earlier, you have no idea who the Hudsons have like on their payroll, so to speak. You know what I mean? Like who they might have, um, you know, bad information on that they could use to their advantage to get someone to, to do their bidding for them. Um it's just a very sticky situation with that family. They are very clearly not above breaking the law to meet whatever ends they're trying to meet. So um, super suspicious kind of family, people that you don't want to be involved with at all. Um, and it's just escalating from here on out. So that's where we're left with this episode. As much as like, if I was in Nancy's shoes and I was in like a tough spot, I would never go to the Hudson's. No. Like, no. That's no. uh -uh. just, that's just a bad idea. That's just asking for trouble. You don't want to be associated with them. You cannot pay me like a million dollars to no. go and ask them for help. No, absolutely not. That's where we're at as far as this episode. So once again, another cliffhanger and we'll just have to wait and see what happens from here. But we're getting closer and closer to the end of the season. We'll yeah. be there before we know it. We only have seven episodes left. Yeah, so that's uh, kind of where we're at. Oh, man. Remember, guys, you have your homework to do about our guests. Yes, you do. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> that's all I'm so going to say. Send out tweets, send out messages, DMs, you know, whatever works. And tag us in the posts, too, if you want. Yes. Yeah, always. Any kind of post that you all want to make, always tag us and we'll look at it.
Thank you in advance. Yes, thank you. (laughs) Thank you all for listening to this week's episode of River Heights Buzz podcast. You can find us on Instagram at River Heights Buzz. You can email us at riverheightsbuzz at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook in our Facebook group and on Twitter at River Heights Buzz with just one Z. Check us out next week as we dive into season one, episode 12. See you next time, guys. Bye, guys.